the Slaughter in May podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Slaughter in May podcast. I'm Robert Chaplin, one of Slaughter in May's corporate insurance partners. With me is Keston Laverty, one of our corporate associates, and Kasim Mahmood, one of our corporate train trainees. In this podcast, we will discuss the key themes and lessons learned from the transfer of the mature savings business from Legal and General Assurance Society Limited, or LGAS, to Reassure Limited, or Reassure, under Part 7 of the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000, which was sanctioned by Mr Justice Zaccaroli on 20th of August. The transferring business comprises approximately 900,000 policies and assets valued at approximately £30 billion, making it one of the largest Part 7 transfers ever undertaken. Slaughter May acted for Elgas and Herbert Smith Three Hills acted for Reassure in respect of the transfer. The judgment given by Mr Justice Zaccaroli is a helpful summary of the various considerations the court will take into account when determining whether to sanction an insurance business transfer scheme. Kasim and Keston will take you through some of the key points which are applicable to all Part 7 transfers and draw together some of the recent case law in this area. Keston. When considering whether to sanction a scheme, Mr. Justice Saccarali made clear that the balance to be struck is between the commercial interests of the applicant transferor and transferee and the interests of the policyholders. Specifically, he noted that it should not be fatal to a scheme that it promotes the commercial self-interest of the applicants, provided that this is not outweighed by policyholder detriment. In this case, the motivation was strategic reorganization for Elgas and the resulting consolidation of the transferring business in Reassure, a company which specializes in the runoff of closed books of business. Mr. Justice Zaccaroli was satisfied that this would result in benefits for the applicants, as well as the policyholders, and could not be affected by another means. This is an important distinction from the Prudential Rossi transfer, which Mr. Justice Snowden declined to sanction last year, where the primary motivation for the transfer, namely regulatory capital benefits, was considered to be satisfied in large part by the reinsurance arrangements that were already in place. Another key area Mr Justice Zaccaroli considered in his judgment were the objections raised by objectors both prior to and at the hearings. A number of these objections are related to the lack of representation for policyholders and disproportionate firepower available to the applicants, ultimately questioning whether the Part 7 process adequately protects policyholders. In his judgment, Mr Justice Zaccaroli clarified the various safeguards for policyholders that are built into the Part 7 process. He focused on the role played by the independent expert and rejected suggestions the fact that the independent expert was paid by the companies or had worked on previous Part 7 transfers could undermine the expert's independence or the integrity of the process. He also highlighted the vital role played by the court in ensuring that the interests of policyholders are protected, using his role to test the conclusions drawn by the independent expert to confirm that these conclusions were soundly based. This underlines the point that the exercise of the court's discretion is in no way a rubber stamp. Another key point raised in this case was the use of ancillary orders. Ancillary orders are made under Section 112.1d of FISMA and are used for matters that are incidental, consequential, or supplementary to the scheme. Crucially, they must only be made where it is necessary to secure that the scheme is fully and effectively carried out. Following the judgment by Mr Justice Snowden in the Brexit-related Barclays Banking Business Transfer, 
Some doubt was cast on the extent of the scope of these ancillary orders as certain related business was not found to fall fully within the scope of that Part 7. In the present case, Algas was seeking to transfer all of its SIP business, which includes elements of non-insurance business as well as its stakeholder pensions, to reassure. Mr. Justice Zaccaroli accepted the applicant's submissions that, while the transfer of the non-insurance elements of the SIP business could be affected outside the scheme, these arrangements were clearly incidental to the relationship between the policyholders and Algas, and their transfer was necessary to achieve the purpose of the scheme and avoid confusion among policyholders who could otherwise be left with two different providers. He also concluded that the transfer of the stakeholder pensions clearly fell within the ambit of FISMA because securing the same tax treatment for members is essential to the effective transfer of the policies. Lastly, Mr Justice Zaccaroli distinguished this case from that in the Prudential Rothsay case. The decision of Mr Justice Snowden in the Prudential Rothsay transfer in August 2019 sent shockwaves for the industry, particularly for firms specialising in closed books of long-term business. Helpfully, in this case, Mr Justice Zaccaroli clarified that the conclusions reached in Prudential Rothsay do not constitute binding precedent, and each case must be decided on its own facts. In this case, Mr Justice Zaccaroli highlighted three key distinctions. First, while the transferring business from El Gas to Reassure includes annuities, these constitute less than 1% of the total number of policies being transferred. Additionally, the majority are with profits annuities, rather than fixed annuities, which stood to benefit from the scheme as a result of provisions designed to address the problems of a diminishing fund. The second major difference was the business objective of the transfer, which we spoke about previously. It is important for applicants to be clear on the commercial rationale for transfers and consider whether the same outcome can be achieved through other means, particularly where a transfer could result in policyholder detriment. The third key difference relates to the question of likelihood of parental support. Here, Mr Justice Zaccaroli distinguished between the ability to obtain parental support and the incentive for parental support. On the first point, he took comfort from the fact that Reassure is part of a substantial and well-capitalised group and would continue to be so following its sale from Swiss Re to Phoenix. Nevertheless, he recognised that firms like Reassure and by analogy Rothsay are particularly dependent on retaining existing policyholders because they operate closed businesses and are incapable of attracting new customers. The incentive to protect policyholders through the provision of parental support is therefore at a similar level to the transfer rule. It is also worth noting that parental support is likely to be, become more of a concern where transferring policyholders are tied in for a long time, such as annuitants. Thank you, Kasim and Keston, for running us through the key themes arising from the judgment. This was evidently a significant and complex transfer, made particularly difficult by the COVID-19 pandemic, which hit just as the parties were preparing for sanction. As we've discussed, the judgment addresses issues that often arise not just in life transfers, but insurance and banking transfers more generally. As such, it is a helpful guide to the points that should be considered by applicants in future schemes. Most importantly, it has clearly distinguished the Prudential Rothesay decision, which will likely lead to a re-liberalisation of the Part 7 market, provided applicants are able to distinguish their own transfers sufficiently from the particular facts of the Prudential Rothesay transfer, which is currently being appealed. If you have any other questions about this transfer or Part 7 transfers more generally, please do get in touch with us 
or any of your usual contacts at Slaughter and May. Thank you. For more information on this topic or to hear our other podcasts, please visit www.slaughterandmay.com. You can also subscribe to the Slaughter and May podcast on iTunes or Google Play.